Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 45, a minute-by-minute-ish, not a longer podcast, covering Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and Howling New Moon Rising. In this one, we are talking the 61st through the 65th minutes of each of these films, starting with Howling 2 and then going into Howling New Moon Rising. And Howling, let's see, where were we? In Howling, we were, um, oh yeah, the guy has, his head was squoze and his eyeballs exploded. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, and then in Howling, New Moon Rising, what was that? Oh yes, um, the woman from Howling, no, original Nightmare, Howling 4, I, I was beginning to tell her story to the priest. Have we cut back to Clive Turner and the Pals yet? I don't think so. I, I think we were still, we were still with, um, the gang. Uh, the, oh, I'm sorry. I said we were still in the howling um, flashbacks. So anyway, I, I lost track of what I was talking about there for a second. So let's dive right into the howling two uh, minutes five. Like I said, we left off the guy's eyeballs exploding. Howling two. Well, in this one, we're starting to feel like things are actually happening. What's her name, Jenny? has been kidnapped. She was kind of getting attacked, sort of, in an odd way by that guy who was supposed to be helping her. I thought at first he was going to try to take advantage of her, but then he just kind of rubs her face and hair. Maybe that's a Transylvanian naughty thing. I don't know. I couldn't quite figure it out myself, but he, um, that's what he did. And then Sturba comes along, tosses him to one side, and, and then they take Jenny into the, I imagine, into the castle there, and she's in, like, a room of skulls with, like, um, she gagged and she got her arms chained up above her head and that that one guy um who had the uh, fool around session with sturba and the lady from la the world from la uh basically chants a bit hum the day you or something like that and then says you know we're gonna basically we're gonna make you a werewolf just hold on would you please and uh and and again if, you, if you're thinking hey dan you used to play the the minutes and everything so we could hear the audio oh it's not gonna happen here it's i'm not gonna play you five minutes of that so, yeah, so Jenny looks like she's in trouble. It looks like we might actually be moving towards the ending there. And and Sturba does mention her brother, uh, Christopher Lee's character, Stefan. You know, we got to get him here. Oh, boy, Stefan. And so uh, Stefan uh, may or may not be drawn closer. And they're... they're um, uh, Reb Brown's character, whose name suddenly I've forgotten, uh, we'll just call him Reb, goes down into the... Uh, uh, the city where that that festival or whatever it is is still going on. That must be like a several day thing where it just goes on and on and on. I'll be honest, I've never, I've never lived anywhere where we had a party or anything like that. I suppose that's like a Mardi Gras kind of thing, right? I've I've never been to Mardi Gras. Just I saw the massacre that happened there. You remember that that Mardi Gras massacre? Uh, just mainly took hearts, I think, if I remember correctly. Who put that out on? There's a new Blu-ray that is an Arrow. I forget. I have the Code Red Blu-ray, and I think unless they found the negative. I think I'm okay with the Code Red, Blu-ray, and Mardi Gras Massacre. Anyways, what was I saying? Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, he's there, and uh, 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 Stefan sees... Stefan and Sturba. Stefan sees, like, a little kid, or maybe not a little kid, with a mask on, who has some sort of necklace, amulet, medallion thing, and tries to talk to the child, and the child runs away, and then uh, Stefan goes after the child, and the child keeps, like... Stefan, Stefan, kind of like a little kid kind of voice, and you can't quite tell whether it's like um, uh, a little girl or it's like uh, just a little little kid in general, like a little boy with kind of a high-pitched voice kind of thing. You can't quite tell. And then eventually Stefan follows him into like a, 
somehow they go from uh like uh like the middle of the the this busy street with all this stuff going on to like this small nondescript room somewhere and it turns out that no it's it's a um it's a little person a very angry evil looking little person who slashes at stefan with the knife and then red brown picks him out and throws him on a window throws him out a window onto some spikes not stefan the little person who had the mask on so yeah that, that's what happened there and uh, so stefan and red brown are back together again and they just killed the little guy and um they got the medallion thing and jenny's tied up and she's going to get changed soon and um i think we're building all towards something crazy right you know not that you know not that i i suppose the the closest we have to something werewolfy is the um when he takes the mask off the the guy that gets thrown on the spikes there he he could be in an early stage of being a werewolf, um, but there's nothing really particularly werewolfy going on here. It's funny now that you have sort of like, like in like in previous werewolf movies, if if the werewolf was a human, we wouldn't really be, you know, that that wouldn't, you know, we'd be waiting for the werewolf to the person to become a werewolf. Whereas in here, because we know these are all werewolves, and there's like an army of werewolves, even though they're not werewolves. There's kind of um. Uh, we're, there's, kind, there's kind of a menace there and a feeling that we're moving possibly now moving towards some sort of ending I mean we have 25 minutes left so we still we still have almost a third of the film left so stuff might start to happen soon but um, but there is sort of a weird feeling like um, because we know they're an army of werewolves and because we've seen them as werewolves that they don't feel like they have to you know go out of their way to show werewolves i mean really if you think about it we're 65 minutes of film how much actual werewolf stuff have we seen and i would suggest not a lot is the answer to that but uh but that that you know that could be that could be just me so so it looks like jenny's in some trouble and hopefully red brown and and, and stefan are going to come up to wherever sturba is i mean they were just there at the castle or oh no they were at a church i'm sorry and where's john i'm, I'm kind of losing track actually where everyone is wasn't wh wasn't everyone near where sturba and everyone is and now they're not and now they're not so i'm a little um I'm getting a little confused about where everyone is in relation to everyone else, but that's okay because I'm going to take the Howling uh, New Moon Rising where you're going to get even more confused. So, like I said, we are... What are we doing? We are... Um, we are going to watch some footage from Howling, the original Nightmare, and I know we're an hour into the movie. We have a half hour left. We probably should be focusing on the story of Howling New Moon Rising. Ain't going to happen. Listen to me make some noises, and then I'll talk about Howling New Moon Rising, minutes 61 through 65. Howling New Moon Rising, isn't it great, the Howling New Moon Rising? Like the last minute of this is the gang all sitting around a campfire as a guy sings a song, which I believe is called Prescription Beer, which is a fun catchy little little country uh song about how um drugs aren't what they used to be so i'm just going to sit here with my prescription beer and it's fun to see sort of um uh it's i mean it's it's clearly it's something they they do you know it's it's something because the guy says you know after he introduces the song you all know this so feel free to sing along so it's like when you see everyone there you can tell this is like the community sitting around having like a, a campfire and everything like that and, and um it's been shanghai to be part of howling new moon rising sure but it it is rather charming to see and it's it's interesting to see clive turner like um with you know it's it's one like 
a half a dozen guys or so, well, three or four guys have like acoustic guitars and are playing, including Brock, I think, has a guitar, acoustic guitar. But in the behind them, you can see Clive Turner um, with his Ted with his uh, acoustic guitar. I guess he's playing, or maybe he's not. Where did he get the guitar from? I didn't. Did he have a guitar when he drove into town? I don't remember seeing one on the motorcycle. But maybe he borrowed one from someone. Maybe he's just pretending. Maybe he's the director and he wants himself to be part of everything. He does um, per the woman from um a howling original nightmare he we we do see that the character he played in howling the original nightmare he plays like a truck driver or tow truck driver now the guy we see the clip of from howling the original nightmare doesn't really look like clive turner but i seem to remember him being in there and i haven't gone back and rewatched howling original nightmare to see if it is actually him but i i believe it is clive turner in that so um uh, I think uh, I I think uh, I've said before. Th- this is sort of the point where we have Ted here, and then we've had um, mention of yeah Ted's in um, part five, which we saw the clips from a long time ago, where he stumbles out in the cold and everyone thinks he's dead, but he actually survives. And then, according to the woman here at the werewolf colony, he was he was there also, like at a tow truck or fixing a truck or doing something, and she thought she ran him over and killed him, but he's still alive, implying he's the werewolf. I don't think it's meant to apply that he's the werewolf in the in the from the, the with the clips from the fifth one, but so so right here, and we also the woman from the fourth one is showed the picture of a woman from the sixth one. So we got everything kind of tying in here, and there's Ted in the background, and we know that we're pretty sure that Ted's not the werewolf here, but someone there is this werewolf that's been, I mean, I presume escaped from the colony. She makes a good. She makes a point. The woman from Howling Original Nightmare, whose name I've completely forgotten, Mary. Let's call her Mary. I don't think her name is Mary, but I'm gonna call her Mary because I'm I've forgotten her name, and that's my issue. Um, uh, she, yeah, she 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 makes a point of saying that all the werewolves died in the fire she sets a building on fire that they're all in she traps them in the building sets them all on sets them on kills them the 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 premise being that um i think that one of them escaped and maybe somehow got to the castle in hungary and is now wound up in pioneer town i guess and passing by the the carnival um uh from howling six the freaks well you know it's funny i i i told i told you all a long time ago that i finally watched howling six the freaks and thought it was pretty darn good and it was in it was in that realm of of horror films like direct to video ish horror films the late eighties and nineties that are really much better than a direct to video of that time needed to be. Um, several Brian Yuzna's films are like that, and you watch them and go, "Hey, this is actually pretty, this is pretty darn good." Um, I, th- I think I think back right after I watched Howling Six, I, I did make comment on it here, so we have to go back to whenever that was. I I can't remember when when that was exactly, but. Um, and I can't remember what I was talking about now. Oh, yes, so we are sort of all tying together that Ted was in four, Ted was in five. Um, the werewolf in this one is possibly the werewolf, probably the werewolf from five, passing through six, maybe also a surviving werewolf from four. So that's what we're getting here. So this is this is sort of a long-term werewolf, maybe the last of the colony, or maybe the werewolf transferred itself to someone new and rebirth. Maybe it's someone new now after Freaks, or, or, or I, I don't... Um, I guess we'll find out. I don't actually think we will, although I think there is a lot more explanation to go on. But I do just love the fact that 63 minutes into the film, we're, we're still seeing flashback footage, and not to the previous film. We're seeing flashback footage three films back. 
So um, it's really oddly structured. He put the film together in such a weird way because usually you get this all out uh, all out in the beginning, but um, not here. Now something big, if I remember correctly, is about to happen regarding Ted and the people in Pioneer Town. Uh, It will happen in the next episode, but um, doesn't happen here. And I I do like the the final shot of the minute is is Pappy. sitting with two kids i don't know presumably grand grandkids and he's got like a fun hat on almost like he's like an australian sort of a hat i guess and just kind of sitting there all smiling and having a good time and singing along which is kind of fun there's a there's a real camaraderie uh there um whether or not you like the song or not it's 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 fun and you do see that lady who i haven't seen in a while who her husband keeps wearing his her clothes and she has the huge hair and the big the big boo-boos um uh, and yeah, and I mean the thing about it is the first three minutes more or less is footage is is a very abbreviated version of the Howling uh, original Nightmare, which is basically like I've said before, the, the Howling the original Howling with John Sales and John Dante taking Joe John, John, Joe Dante taking a novel that like I've said before I haven't been able to finish and making it into something that would work. And Howling the Original Nightmare is Gary Bradner, the author, coming back to the franchise and saying that he wanted it to be more like his novel. And that's what Howling, Howling the Original Nightmare is more is. And I've said this before, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. It, it's more like his novel. And um, I, I haven't seen Howling for it in decades. And I just remember it being having moments here and there. But if you watch it in close proximity to the first one which is uh, really well made and has a nice streak of humor through it and has great werewolf stuff and is a lot of fun and then you follow it with the second one which you're talking about here which may not seem as crazy <laughs> as we think it is when you do it minute by minute but if you watch it all at once it's like this is nuts and then followed by Howling 3 which is just absolute screwball when you watch 4 4 is like 4 is like someone neutered the whole thing 4 is like I, I hate to say a TV movie version of the Howling but that's almost what it's like now obviously I think there's some nudity if there's some gore and violence and such uh, in, in Howling 4 but it is sort of like the neutered version of the first one and so we do see the footage yeah her her and, and her husband staying at this this place cabin in the middle of nowhere in the small town it turns out to be a colony of werewolves and the husband is seduced and bit he becomes a werewolf they all become werewolf and she's able to kill them in the end she hits someone with a truck who, who I believe is Ted um, she thinks is dead um, and the best scene in that movie they, they include clips from but it's I think it's much longer in the movie it's the transformation scene with the husband where basically the um, it's funny I think is it with American Werewolf in London is it is that really I have to think the really the point where like like whenever whenever Lawrence Talbot became the werewolf it was always very quiet he just kind of stood there and changed now obviously that was because of the way the makeup works and stuff but um and sometimes of course there is there there is um well, well, I guess, I guess the point is with American Werewolf in London and Howling, especially American Werewolf in London, it's the first one that looks like it's really painful to become a werewolf. Whereas prior to that, a lot of the werewolf stuff, you just change, you know, you're a werewolf, and then you change back. And there doesn't seem to be much pain involved. But but this, like the Howling original nightmare, especially if, if you see it, see it for that scene. I, I just watching it a bit now, it is... I don't know that it fully works, but um, seeing the abbreviated version, it's it's fun to watch. It's basically the he's the man's body collapses into a pool of gunk, and then sort of out of it, the bones rises the wolf, and, um, and I thought that's a pretty 
big change. I mean, does that happen at, like in the morning, the moment the sun comes up, wherever he is, he's just going to dissolve into a puddle and come back. I, I'd hate to, I'd hate to have something happen like the end of the Incredible Melting Man. Like if there was a janitor or someone with a vacuum cleaner nearby. I mean, what would that be if you were standing in your living room and someone was vacuuming in the next spot and you collapse into a puddle and they came by and sucked up half the puddle into the vacuum cleaner or even all of it? Would you change back inside the vacuum cleaner? Would half of you change here? Would half of you? I don't know. I originally rewatched Incredible Melting Man, if you could tell from that. Um, what a weird little movie that is. I mean, it's it, it's it's obvious that it's a joke movie, right? It's not a serious movie, I because I, I've seen people who watch it, and they're like, his his ear, that's a joke. The movie's a joke. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, so so we get we get like about three minutes of, of footage from from there, and the priest is listening, and, and then that, um, uh, the, the, um, the cop calls him up and says they found Ted, so we know Ted's there. We see Ted sing along with the gang, and I think it's implied that when the priest is chatting with Mary, uh, it's daytime. Now it's nighttime, so I'm imagining something will happen or something might not happen. I mean, because I think we can't, we don't, we keep like jumping from the priest and the, and the and the cop in the day, and then suddenly it's nighttime over in the um, over at Pioneer Town. I don't know. It's tough. To, I mean, I think they're near, close by to one another, but it's a little tough to gauge. The the scenes of the cop and the priest seem more like they're in Howling Six, the locations of Howling Six, than they are. Pioneer Town seems a bit separate from everything, is what I guess I'm saying. So, so yeah, the first three minutes of this is Howling Original Nightmare, which is it's fun to see. It might be more fun to do that than, than watch the whole. I mean, the problem with Howling Original Nightmare is that you can watch the Howling and think to yourself, okay, they're a werewolf. There's a werewolf here. And maybe not think, oh, everyone, not know, like, oh my God, everyone's a werewolf. Or or you might know that, and it's the slow revealing of it. But three movies later, to remake that movie, take the humor out, take any satire out, take a lot of the excitement out, um, is really odd. I mean, I, I, I remember sitting there watching it. I, it was one of those movies where I, I hit play, and I don't think I was bored during the movie, but it's one of those movies where I hit play, and then all of a sudden, I remember like checking the time and thinking, okay, this movie's going to get started soon. I like checked the time and there's only like 15 minutes left. And I thought, when is this movie going to get started? And then he changes it to Werewolf and then it ends like 10 minutes later. And you're like, huh, that was an interesting way to do that. I'm trying to think of other movies that do that where you sit there watch. Oh, you know what it was? Um, was it Color Me Blood Red, the Hershey Gorn Lewis? The first time I watched that because that's like 70 minutes or so, I think. Don't quote me on that. And I remember watching that the first time, waiting, thinking, okay. This is really going to get going soon. This is going to get going soon. And then it ended. And I was like, huh, okay, well, I guess I wasn't bored. But I also was wondering when it was going to begin. So so Howling Original Nightmare, I think, has a bit of that, too. It doesn't, um, it, it smacks one of less creative people getting hold of the material and, and trying to be more, um, uh, um, it, it, it almost strikes one as being like, um, like, like, um, you know, like when um, like a, a Star Trek fans or Star Wars fans or Marvel Universe fans or I guess Doctor Who fans, but not not Doctor Who is is a bit more fle- flexible. Um, but like a Lord of the Rings or something, it would, it would be like if someone if someone who complained about Pete Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy got a chance to make their own version. Um, and we're going to stick as close as possible as they could to the book. And they lack the directorial flair and the writing skills of Pete Jackson, Fran Walsh. And, and they just made kind of a, you know, it's it's really, 
you know, it's really it's really close to the movie, and it's re- it's really faithful to the. I'm sorry, it's really faithful to the book more so than that Pete Jackson, with all the liberties he took with it. And you watch their their version, the second version, you're like this is so dull. This is why did you make this? <laughs> Leave it to someone with a bit of imagination to do it, with a bit of verve, a bit of style, like Joe Dante and John Sayles. So, so Howling Original Nightmare is like no humor, no style, no satire, um, and close to the book. Well, well, there you go. So, now not that I don't recommend giving it a viewing. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do all the Howling movies, and I still haven't watched the eighth one now, is it Reborn or Rebirth or whatever it is? Um, but I now have seen all, all all the first seven. I still I still think I wouldn't a nice Howling set be great. I mean, I know they put out that disc like a DVD with three, four, and five. But can we get like that, like the Silent Night, Deadly Night disc that um, Lionsgate and Vestron put out that has Silent Night, Deadly Night three, four, and five? I have that. They look great. All three of those look great, and they have extras and everything. Do that with, do that with Howling. We have nice special editions of one and two. Do Howling three, four, and five. Put them on a, a nice set like that, and we'll find a way to do six and seven, eh, or maybe not. So that's Howling two and Howling seven minutes sixty one through sixty five. Everyone and um, several minutes of Howling uh, the original Nightmare, which is Howling four. So everyone, you all be good to yourself. We're going to go on to episode forty six next, and um, like I said, I actually don't remember what happens in Howling. Your sister's a werewolf, but I do know that something big might may or may not happen regarding Ted in the next five minutes. I think actually the film more may Howling uh, New Moon Rising actually may sort of begin. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and let me play a little music, and I'll be back next time. Here you go. Oh.